Minehead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 11th of December 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me, my name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week for the third Sunday of Advent, Paul spoke on a song of hope. The reading is Luke chapter 1 verses 46 to 55. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service. In Jesus' name that can do all things, do you believe that? You don't sound so sure. But the reality is, Jesus can do all things. Our Father God is awesome God, and we should never, ever forget that. Uh, Steve, in his uh, notes to me, said, introduction to him, Isaiah 9, verse 7, maybe, question mark. But actually, it's the right verse to read after hearing that. This is what that verse says. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establish and uphold it. Listen to this bit. And think of that young man. With justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Awesome, holy, wonderful words. And then the last bit. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The amazing news is we don't have to do this. The Lord does. And we're going to join in a song, Heart the Glad Sound, the second verse of which reminds us of the reality of that. He comes the prisoners to release from fear and greed and shame. Its prison wall that evil builds shall fall before his name. And the truth is, when we pray, the prison walls fall. And if we don't see the prison walls falling, get on your knees and pray. Hark the glad sound. As the hymn lyrics say, Oh, hush the noise and cease the strife to hear the angels sing. Bring an end to conflicts around the world. Bring dialogue, bring peace talks, and smite those who have other agendas. The courage that says all that shall be well doesn't mean feeling no fear, but facing it, trusting God, will never, never, never let go. At this time of year, loneliness is felt more than the painful knocks of life. Be close to the people that need it most. Let them know that you don't leave them and deny them anything. Give them the presence of the experience of you and give them the deep-rooted faithfulness that you have in us that we should have in you, whose will is the gift of life. Help us to be more keenly aware of the vulnerable people at this time. When we celebrate, many people are trying to stay warm or living in cardboard boxes or do not know where their next meal is coming from. Lord, be with them, comfort them, let them know you love them and that they are special and designed by you. Lord, help them to seek the help they need and know all shall be well, will be well. In Jesus' name, amen. I forgot a notice, so I'm going to let you know now. Um, It's a really simple notice. It is on Christmas Day. A group of us are getting together and we'll be producing Christmas dinner for those in our community uh, that don't have won't have a Christmas dinner or won't see anybody else on that day. It's 
Part of that will work in with one or two external agencies. Uh, last year, I think we cooked 55 dinners. I'm not sure it'll be that number this year. But um, if you have anyone that you know that would benefit from having someone dressed as an elf knock on their door on Christmas Day and give them a, you get my drift. If you know anyone that needs a Christmas dinner on Christmas Day, please let us know. And there'll be in the notices next week how you can help either on Christmas Eve to come and peel sprouts with us or indeed um, to actually come and just share some mince pies and some fellowship together. But there'll be an announcement and a notice about that in more detail next week. The following week on the Saturday, I think between 7 and 10, there'll be a, a social here. Is that the best way of putting this? Uh, as we kind of look towards New Year. And again, there'll be more details about that next week. I, I do wonder something, though. I wonder if this morning I could ask you to do something for me, and it's really simple, and everyone can do it, so here we go. I wonder, could you think of the one thing this morning that you're hoping for? What would you hope for? If I was to ask you, what would that one thing be? Peace. Now, the, sorry? Peace. Peace. Okay. Justice. Justice. See, we're all being really good Christians. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, we're all going, oh, I, I want peace and justice. Do you know, a bit like those old-fashioned, now so outdated, Miss World pageants. You know the ones? Of this, when they get up and say, what would you like? I would, I would like to promote world peace. The world to know that Jesus Christ in living faith. Amen. Amen to that, brother. I wonder what you'd think. I wonder if... Well, I wonder if some of you would say the new 2021 census that, that's been produced shows that Christians are now a minority in this country. Brothers and sisters, we are the minority. Interestingly enough, when you dig a bit deeper into the survey, you know this group of people, this group of teenagers that aren't taught, taught about Jesus at school? It's really interesting. Can we put the slides up, please? That right. It's really interesting because when you dig a bit deeper, what you discover is that 86% of them believe that there is something otherly about this world. 86% of them say there surely must be life after death. But less than a quarter say they're Christian. Can you not see the disconnect? Actually, brothers and sisters, let's go tell them there is life after death and it comes through knowing Jesus. Is that what you're hoping for? What else are you hoping for? Well, maybe peace on earth, yeah. How about the turkeys cooked on time on Christmas Day? Is that what you're hoping for? Some of you might have been saying, oh, my hopes have been dashed because last night I was just hoping that England would beat France. Well, maybe you can hope that in four years' time they'll win the World Cup. Do you get, what are you hoping for? Not what are you going to tell the minister you're hoping for. Because trust me, I know, you don't always tell me what you're really hoping for. You tell me what I, you think I want to hear. That's hard, isn't it? But true. What are you hoping for? 
I don't know what you're hoping for this morning, but I do know one thing. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord, then your eternal hope is not founded on some vain expectation of something you can do, or that somehow the seats will be filled because the pastor will come up with a killer program that will fill them. Your hope is not based on some sort of vain, wishful thinking that somehow peace on earth will break out because humanity is genuinely peaceful because we're not. Your hope is not even that England will win the next World Cup. Because I've got to tell you, here's the truth. If you think God's an England supporter, you go to France. You'll find a Christian that thinks he supports France. And they probably would argue this morning that they're right, wouldn't they? The reality is, friends, my hope, your hope, is not based upon any vain expectation or wish of our own, but rather on the reality that Jesus Christ has come and will come again. Our hope is based upon who he is and what he's done, not on who you are and how good I am. And why is all that relevant? Because you see, at the point we join Mary in this reading, Mary and all of Israel hoped for a saviour that would provide salvation from sin and redemption. They all hoped that this saviour would release them from Roman rule at that time too. But it's in this passage, having been visited by Gabriel, that Mary confidently declares the hope through the song that in Latin we call the Magnificat, or as we might say, Mary's song. And it's in this song that Mary says, God, my saviour. It's an amazing song, isn't it? Mary's song. And in Psalm 130, verse 7, we read this. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love And with him is full redemption. Can you see that Israel firmly and squarely put their hope in this promised Messiah, this saviour? And Jeremiah, in chapter 14, verse 8, calls this Messiah the hope of Israel. His saviour in times of distress. Beautiful, honest open words and we come to this song and just before the song you look at verse 43 i know we didn't read it but there you are heck you know me well enough to know i don't stick to the script and verse 43 says this but why am i so favored who's talking elizabeth that the mother of my lord should come to me let me read that again why am i so favored that the mother of my lord should come to me It appears that the thing which elicited the response of leaping joy and praise was not what Mary said when she came, but who she was when she came. What Mary said is unimportant, but who she was is not. Because it's this point that we can say, how come there is hope in those words? Mary is no longer the girl betrothed to Joseph the carpenter. Or rather, no longer just that girl. Rather, she's now the mother of God's son. She's been divinely appointed to bear a saviour 
She's been chosen to become the human means by which Christ will come to the world. She is literally the Christ bearer. And that's the key that unlocks the good news of Luke's Advent message. Because of what Mary is doing, the baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb, the spirit fills her with a a song of praise. And Mary stands before Elizabeth in hope because she is hope in person now you may say that's all very good paul and you're a christian minister and you're bound to say that and in any way case what relevance does it have today when so many of the modern atheistic luminaries would say something like this can you see the cartoon it's joseph saying to mary you were with another man mary's standing there really pregnant i'm going to turn around because I can't say that either way around. You were with another man, Mary. The penalty for that is stoning. And Mary replies, no, uh, it, was, uh, it, was, uh, it was an angel. And Joseph walks away, dropping the rock, and says, oh well, in that case, no problem. And just to let you know, this comes from a modern 21st century UK atheist website. That's what they believe. This is some sort of Mary had a night of passion with Joseph or another man and it's a ridiculous fairy tale. If they're atheists only watching, I want to say this to you. You want to go with fairy tales? Good, let's do it. Interestingly, atheists say that the virgin birth is impossible, yet they believe that the universe came into existence without a creator God and without cause. And I want to say to you, one of those is impossible to believe and it's your version. Get the drift? In truth, this is good news. Mary, this Virgin Mary gave birth to a saviour. How unbelievable is it to say the the universe came into existence without any cause. It just happened that somehow in the midst of nothing. No, I believe in the virgin birth. Because I believe in the hope of Jesus Christ. And I believe he was standing before us. And in that sense, I declare with Mary, not that this just was good news, but that for you and I today, it is good news. Good news. Okay, you're not happy? Okay, let me give you an example. As a Brighton fan, now you all know I'm a Brighton fan. As a Brighton fan, I'm delighted about the first part of the season. So just to let me give you my personal overview. Seventh in the league. You're not happy? I am. Seventh in the league, 21 points. A 4-1 victory over Chelsea. Good days and good news if you're a Brighton fan. Yet, of course, much depends upon how you look at it. Okay, this was just what one fan on the Brighton fan zone wrote earlier this week. Quote, at least we're not in the relegation zone at Christmas. And we only need another 16 points or so to make sure we don't go down. Can you see? It's the same information viewed in two different ways. One of the Advent songs we sing is that one, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Proclaiming that Jesus is Emmanuel. He has come. 
If we accept the reality of the situation, it's how we view it that makes a difference. This morning I pray it's good news to you. And too often, if we're not careful, with every respect to our amazing children who will do an awesome nativity next week. I've said it three times now, please come, please support them. With every respect to them, if we're not careful, we can find this grand inbreaking of God into this world, into a sort of single spot in human history, and to a fairy tale. That once upon a time, long, far ago, in a far and distant land, hold on, that sounds like the start to a Spielberg epic. And the truth of the matter is, we do that. This baby Jesus, born in a stable, a bright star lit the sky. There were angels, there were shepherds, there was king, there was no mess. The animals were so clean, there was no poo on the floor. The birth was so awesome that Mary... We sanitize it and we make it into a fairy tale. But that attitude is nothing if not wrong. Advent is no once upon a time tale. Advent and dear Christmas are not solely a remembrance of things past. Because according to my dictionary, the word Advent means this. A notable person or thing... the arrival, rather, of a notable person or thing in a real and tangible way. And so I declare to you this morning that Jesus Christ has come, and we also look forward to the second advent when he'll come again, in a real and tangible way. Because when he comes again, he'll not come as a child, he'll come in glory, and he'll rule. And it's against that background of good news that Mary says this, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my saviour but she goes on doesn't she further in verses 51 to 53 he has performed mighty deeds with his arm he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts he has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble he has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty can you not hear her praise Laura, I'm sorry I wasn't able to help you much with those high notes. But if you know how I sing, you'd know why. But the truth is, I don't know if Mary sang this well or not. I don't know if her voice was pitch perfect or if Elizabeth sat there going, oh, that's the wrong. But this is worship. And shouldn't we be like that this Advent? Shouldn't we be like Mary? Shouldn't we forget ourselves a little? Mary's song. God's passed over the mighty, the rich, the proud. And she knows that because he's chosen her. Wow. I wonder what Mary felt like in the midst of all that was going on. We know that she'd never been through childbirth before. She had no idea what it would be like. Perhaps she wondered why God had chosen her. and Why not the girl next door? Perhaps she wondered how on earth God was going to act. Because at this moment in time, there were surely in her mind some impossibilities that needed resolving. What would happen when she told Joseph? How would that get resolved? What about her parents? What about the rest of the community? And she knows something you and I need to know this Advent too. Here it is, okay? 
I don't know what God is asking you to do this morning, but I know God is asking you to do something. And I know one other thing. What will not happen is this. Either now or when you say yes to God, God doesn't sort of come down in some heavenly form and go, there's the A4 lever arch file with all that's going to happen. There are all the answers. God does not do that. And he didn't do it to Mary. If you don't believe me, she wouldn't be spared those times when Jesus was ridiculed, would she? And she'd watch as her son died on the cross. There is no A4 arch lever file that tells you what God wants to do with how he's calling you. There is just the fact that he is calling you. Whatever that is this morning, can I encourage you to respond this Advent to him? Come find me, someone you know, love and trust afterwards and we'll talk. Because at this point, something amazing happened. Mary knew two things. She knew what Jason prayed earlier. Jason, you prayed that we would know the God who would never, never let go of us. Mary knew that God. And she knew, but she knew, but she knew that no matter what, God's plans would be fulfilled in her and that his saving work would come to fruition no matter what. I wonder what your house is like. Anyone got their decorations up yet? Can you do me a favour? That's a quick straw poll. If you've got your decorations up, can you put your hand in the air? If you haven't, can you put your hand in the air? Okay. This includes me, just to let you know. I, I don't know what you do in your house, if you do anything, okay? But once you strip away the tinsel, the twinkly lights, the tree, the packages, the holiday hype, the adverts on telly that seem to go on eternally for toys and then on Boxing Day change for holidays, have you noticed that? The candles, the crate. If you strip it all away, They're cradled in a stinking stable, held in a young mother's arms, and in the believer's heart is the true reason for the season and the reason that we come and celebrate Advent, not just his coming, but his coming again. That is Jesus Christ, because God has come and he will come again. And just trust me, that is good news. Mary's song is hope, and it's hope that's nurtured and strengthened. And your hope, my hope, believer's hope, is always, always, always firmly predicated on what God's up to. Now, you don't have to answer this, but I know this morning that amongst us are some people that life's really good. That's super. There are some that would go, that's okay, up and down, a bit of a mixture. There are some who would say, life's tough. Hard, difficult. I don't know what your life is like this morning, but I will proclaim that over you. That no matter what you feel like this morning, the Lord's purpose in your life will be fulfilled. And more particularly, that the promises of Jesus Christ will always be yours and never leave you. This is what Jesus said. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. 
And he promised to be with you for all time. So I want to say to you this. The good news of this morning for you is the Lord is with you. And he will always be with you. Mary knew that. Because this hope was firmly anchored in what God had promised. But Mary's song is more than that. It's a song of love. A song of faith. And a song of hope. Because in a unique way, God had singled her out, hadn't he? To carry the eternal world to the word, word to the world in her womb. And through her, for that life-giving word to become flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. And here's an amazing bit of news for you this morning. God has also picked you and I, selected us to be that very same sort of people. God is with you. And by the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit in you. Question is, what do we do with that news? Some people like to talk about Christians. Ever heard this phrase that we're Easter people? Heard that phrase? I think first we ought to be Advent people, really. People called by God to become the means of Christ's continuing incarnation. The hands, the feet, the eyes of Jesus Christ. We need to declare to a needy world that just like Mary, we sing a song of hope. That person we prayed for, that you prayed for, Debbie. Actually, we are his hope. Did you see that this morning? Reached out for people to pray that the enslavement would be broken. And if we believe in the audacious power of prayer, and I do, then we're his hope. But not us specifically, but Christ in us is his hope. You and I can do something very profound if we continue praying for that young man. Oh, and incidentally, I'm assuming he's young, I have no idea, but you get my drift, don't you? Audacious, real hope. What sort of church would this be if all of us were audacious, hopeful people, I wonder? Jesus Christ wants to talk into the reality of a broken, dysfunctional world. We're going to do another straw poll. You can't see this online, and and I probably wouldn't want them to. If you believe this world is perfect, can you put your hand in the air? Okay, zero. I will share that bit. Is that all right? If you believe this world functions as it should do, can you put your hand in the air? If you believe that this world is dysfunctional, can you put your hand in the air? A dysfunctional world that is in need of Jesus Christ. That's what we have. This week, that census that I spoke about earlier caused me to delve a bit deeper. What's going on, Lord? The survey showed, and there was an article that was written in the newspaper that followed it, saying that uh, Christians not just are now the minority, but in reality, it's believed that Christians are now not even understood. There is so little good teaching in our schools, with every apology to every school teacher here, about who Jesus is, that they just don't know. Friends, if we have a dysfunctional, broken world, 
How are they going to know unless you and I speak up? If the world doesn't hear the message, it's not because the message has changed between the time Mary sang a song of hope and now. If the world doesn't hear the message, it's not because it's changed between the time, sorry, it's not because um, God has changed his thoughts, his ways between that time and now. If the song, sorry, if the um, world doesn't hear the message, it's not because the world has changed, is it? You may be different from me, but I want to tell you day by day by day by day, I genuinely believe the world's getting more sinful. That's the reality of the world. And unfortunately, whether we like it or not, the sins are covered up, often by the church. But the world is getting more sinful. And if the world doesn't hear that message, it's not because God has decided there's no longer a need for the message. So what is happening if the world doesn't hear the message? Sorry, it's down to us. It's because we haven't told the world the message. It's because we've decided not to share. Mary chose to sing in hope, didn't she? An amazing song recorded. And incidentally, just to let you know, there are only two people that could have put those words down and told us a song she sung. Think about it logically. She sung with Mary. Mary sung rather with Elizabeth. And one of them must have written the words down. So you've got something here that's, that's of the... My, my, my grandmother has said, this is a bit of scripture from the horse's mouth, Paul. But you know what I mean by that? Right from the person that actually spoke the words or that person that heard them, we have this song. And she chose to sing the song. So my question to you this, this morning is something that's really simple. Will you join Mary in her song? That says, Jesus has come and come, will come again. On this Advent season, are you just content to sit back, worry about the turkey, let others take the strain, and simply hope for something else, come back to the question of the beginning? Are you hoping for church revival, but not prepared to do anything about it? Are you hoping for world peace, but really don't think you'll pray for it? Are you hoping that your team win, your family enjoy Christmas? Or really, are you hoping for yourself that you'll win? The simple question is, you decide where your hope rests. And I pray to God it rests with the one that is true hope, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I think of that amazing word, hope. And I think of that reading from Isaiah chapter 9. We began the service with the few, the sort of verses before. That tell me that in a time of great darkness, you sent a light who would shine on everyone living in the shadow of death. The wonderful counsellor, the mighty God. A message filled of hope fulfilled in the birth of Christ and the establishment of his eternal kingdom. And this morning, we acknowledge that you came to deliver all from slavery of sin. 
And you have delivered us from that slavery and that bondage. And Lord, therefore, from our freedom, you say, declare hope, advent hope to the world. This morning, I personally, I invite you to join me if you wish. Declare to you that I will be the advent hope where you have put me. I will sing the song of Mary that says, this is my saviour who has come and is to come. I will acknowledge him for being who he is in my life. Look for him and to him for the words that sustain and build and encourage. I will go where my Lord goes. Follow where he asked me to follow him. Stay where he asked me to rest and stay. I will, Lord, give everything for him. And as I do so, acknowledge that this saviour promised long ago will release prisoners, will break the bonds of fear and greed and shame, will open up eyes in a darkened world with truth and light, will bind the brokenhearted, comfort the distressed, will take the outcast and the oppressed and bring them home. And miraculous though this seems, will ask me to join him as he does so. Once more and once again, I commit myself, Lord Jesus, to you. In and through your glorious name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to respond, actually, to what you've heard in a very weird way. Well, weird that we wouldn't normally do it this way. You don't have to do it with me, but if you think I know that tune, it's because you do. And we normally sing some other words of the chorus. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story. And actually, that's what the invitation of this morning is, isn't it? To join Mary in the song and sing the wondrous story. Now, I don't know if Stephen can keep up with me, and if you can't, that's okay. But uh, apologies if you don't know the words. But this is an affirmation to God. Okay, don't worry about it, my friend. It's not, it's not on that song. But I'm going to, in my own weird way, ask Steve for a note. And as my affirmation to my Lord and Saviour this morning, I'm going to say, yes, I'll sing the wondrous story. I'm going to join Mary in her song. And I'm going to invite you to respond that way too. If you don't want to, that's fine. Please don't feel embarrassed in any way, shape or form. And if you want to speak to me afterwards, then please feel free. Here goes my badly pitched... Attempt. In a minute, my friend, is that okay? Let's just let's just sing that amazing song. Yes, I'll sing the one yes, story. Yes, I'll sing the one story of the of the Christ who died for sing it with the saints. Sing it with the saints. Sing it with the saints. Sing.
sure we acknowledge the reality of that. That one day we will sing the song of glory around the throne of God. And this words remind us not that we won't sing but Lord in these words we choose to sing that song now not just round the heavenly throne but on the earth to your honour and your glory your power and dominion your domain because you are who you are and because you are my saviour I choose to sing of your glory I will sing of the wondrous Christ who died for me I will sing of the fact that the saints in glory worship you, cast their crowns before you. And I will sing of the reality that all humanity will one day bow and say, Jesus is Lord. Give me the song and the words that stir my heart, raise my worship, give you the honour. In Jesus' name I pray for my friends this morning. As a blessing that the Lord may comfort and rest you with you. That his power may enable you. That your mouth may be opened this coming week. And that you will sing the song of glory. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. To leave a comment please go to mindhead-practice.com slash sermons. And to find out what's going on here at NBC over Christmas please go to mindhead-baptist.com slash Christmas. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.